Are you a fan of all things Star Wars? This is the podcast you're looking for. Welcome to the Star Wars Rant Podcast. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode number 61. I'm your host, Brian Seddon. And I'm joined by... From Northwest Indiana, Brian Greets. Oh, there he goes again. There it is. No. I just, I mean, are you allowed to do this so soon? I mean, you just took his intro, or are you are you claiming it as I'm your just own? Stealing his, I'm or are you just trying something different? Identity. Slowly but surely. Oh, gosh. He's been waiting for this moment this, his whole podcast life. Um, and then also joined by, not from Texas, but sitting in Texas, Dave Mann. Never tell me the odds. There we Brian. go. Brian. So, um, so this is actually take two, a little more behind the <laughs> scenes. We, uh, we had some really good stuff and we lost all of it because my recording was, was bad. So you're left with listening to this now. So we apologize. Um, you'll never hear the good stuff. You get our sloppy seconds, but we are, <laughs> we are glad that you, uh, joined us. This is our first podcast of 2018. And, um, you know, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast or a couple weeks ago, we made some changes to the podcast. Chad's gone. RIP. He didn't die. Um, Brian stole his greeting. And we also changed the format to a bi-monthly podcast. And for those that don't understand that, that's twice a month. And this is the first one of those. We'll have another one towards the end of the month, around January 25th. Um, Another announcement, in February, we're going to start our Patreon. Um, There's some things that we'd like to do with the podcast, but we need some cash flow to do that. And there are some fees that are associated with running the podcast. So um, we're going to get that kickstarted in February. We'll probably create some contests and things around that. And special announcement, you guys don't even know this, Brian and Dave. We are going to have a contest this month, the month of January. And what we're going to give away for those that are collectors and enjoy those types of things are or is an Ahsoka Black Series 6-inch figure. Um, we're going to give that away for the month of January. How you win that is uh, we're going to do two things. One is... At the release of this podcast, which should be Friday, January 12th, we'll have a post on our Facebook page asking who is your favorite Star Wars character. Anybody that leaves a comment is automatically entered into the contest. Next podcast is in two weeks. We'll have another question that we ask. And again, anybody that answers the question is entered into the contest. And then we will, on February, our first podcast in February... Uh, we will draw from those entries and see who wins, and then we will ship that out to you, and you get it. So, any does that make sense? Do you guys understand that? Did I explain that clearly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So it's a cool figure, um, and I think we will finally find out what happens to Ahsoka. Rebels comes out uh, towards the end of February. It's going to be the last, or it's going to finish up the last season of Rebels. And rumor is we may find out. What actually happened to Ahsoka? Is she alive or is she not? So very popular character. And you have a chance to win that pretty cool figure. Collectible figure. So. 
That's at our Facebook page, Star Wars Rant <laughs> Podcast. So, all it'll right. It'll get easier, Brian. Every time we do some some giveaways, it'll get more and more easier. Yeah, this is our first one. You know, we're not giving away. Uh, we don't have the professional, Mr. Like Chad, South Dakota just... Gamer. You know. Um, <clears throat> hey. Yeah. What can I say? We're awesome. South Dakota we give Gamer? away awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were awesome until I lost it. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sore. <laughs> sore, sore thought, sore uh, subject. So, hey, we're going to jump into the rest of the podcast. Um, you know, we have a special service announcement we're going to go and give. There's some Last Jedi burning questions that we're going to go through. Dave's going to point out some cool things from the visual dictionary from The Last Jedi. Uh, Brian has some news for us. And then, at the very end... We have a special contest between Brian North and Dave Mann. First time ever on Star Wars Rant Podcast, we're going to do a Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. This is this was unrehearsed. I feel unprepared. Yeah. B-Nob so, and Brian have already gone over the questions. Not, well, there's multiple. Untrue. I feel like this is, that is <laughs> I feel false. like this is unbalanced. That is uh, fake news. So stay you did say for that. That, he, that he practiced with you. Yeah, Before I got here. Three yeah. questions. It was like one card. We, re- we read one card. Well, it won't be read again. Okay. So, all okay. Right. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hi, Star Wars fans. This is Brian. In recent weeks, I've noticed an alarming trend that I'd like to address. I've heard other Star Wars podcasters say if their listeners didn't like The Last Jedi, then they don't want to hear from them. I've also heard them say that they only want to hear positive comments. I've also seen many Star Wars fans who did not like The Last Jedi claim that those who did not like it as well are not true fans. And I've heard other fans say that those that did like it aren't true fans either. I'd like everyone to listen to me very carefully. Just hush. Excuse me as I turn the page. <laughs> you can put that little sound in there. You can be a Star Wars fan and not like The Last Jedi. And if you do like it, good for you. I don't think you're a sellout. Your fandom isn't measured by your like or dislike for everything put out by Lucasfilm or Disney. Your fandom belongs to you. And no one should take that away from you or tell you how to practice that fandom. In closing, be kind to one another. Be balanced. And remember, only the Sith deal in absolutes. The more you know. <laughs> there you go. So so that's a true story. I was listening to a podcast and like I couldn't believe they're like, we only want to hear positive comments. Enough of those negative, you know, you didn't like the movie. Door, door, door. Like what? Seriously? And then I, I have heard people that, you know, are judging other people's fandom based on their reaction to this movie. It's like, man, everybody, I, I think we just need to chill a little bit. It's okay if you don't like a Star Wars film, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. I mean, do I need to remind you of those? <laughs> I like so, them. You did? I did. I'm gonna judge your fandom right now. So. Um, so anyways, I, I just wanted to put that out there, let you know that at Star Wars Rant Podcast, 
we don't care if you liked it or not. Just listen. And we're balanced. Because the truth is. We're balanced. Yeah, we're balanced. It's okay. And it's okay to like The Last Jedi and not like everything in it. That's okay, too. Do you guys agree? Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm one of those people that I didn't like everything in it. I liked the movie as a whole. And the more I see it, the more that's the case. And, I mean, I've, I've been able to accept it. Um, is it my all-time favorite Star Wars movie? No. Uh, but I think it's a lot better than a lot of the haters or just the overreaction. Because it's different. It's... It's the same and different at the same time. It's just more different than we expected because people go, I mean, this, again, I, we said, we talked about this for months and months and months about all the anticipation and the hype going into this movie and how it was going to be compared to everything else. It had a lot to live up to. And we just never actually thought that there would ever be any question about whether or not it was good because The Force Awakening came out and. We were so we were so pleased with what we saw, and the little you know, well, JJ wasn't original or whatever. There was that, but that was like a minuscule, you know, murmuring that the majority of critics, the majority of users, really enjoyed that movie. And now, people understand. We're getting to a point to where we've got so many, and you have to take it somewhere else. You can't just do the same thing. So at some point, it has to become different. You have to do something different but you have to still keep it the same enough to please everybody and that's a very very fine line to walk so i think we're just seeing that and disney's gonna have to you know adapt to that and as we go we're gonna have to accept the fact that you know you can't please everyone you can't get everything that you want but overall i'm still very much excited about seeing where star wars will go and where the story will go. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think too, um, you know, once once we get episode nine, you know, it may give us a whole different outlook on on the Last Jedi. You know what I mean? If they do this right, you know, once you see once you see the Last Jedi in context with the entire trilogy, you know, it it could change a lot of minds. You know what I mean? Because um, we don't know where the story is going to go now, so. Um, I will say though, you know, I don't know if you guys saw, but Lucasfilm, a couple people from Lucasfilm, like put out tweets and things like that. Like, um, one was like a meme of Luke drinking the, the milk and it said like fanboys tears and, and another Lucasfilm person <laughs> had like a mug and it said fanboys tears or something drinking out of it. You know, I will say like, all right. I mean, you, you guys can't be, be casting shade on on the fans that don't like the movie either. You know, from from Lucasfilm, you you can't do that. You know what I mean? These people, you know, for many of them, it's been their childhood. Many of them have spent you know hundreds or thousands of dollars even on Star Wars. Um, so that's like your base, and you know, I don't think it's wise to mock people that have you know some displeasure in it. Um, because it, it was, it was, there were some radical changes in that and, you know, some departures from what they knew and especially when it comes to Luke and, um, you know, I think they, they should be mindful of how they treat fans that have some displeasure because you still got Han Solo coming out and you got these other movies coming out. And again, this is your base. 
So, B-Nob, look like you want to say something. No, I <clears throat> I think you're right looking at it in the context of Episode 9. I think that Lucasfilm uh, saw The Last Jedi, and I think they were aware of the repercussions that were going to happen uh, with fans. I don't think they went and released the movie saying that it was going to be everybody's favorite. I don't think that was their intention at all. Um, and I think that's why it's so important that they brought J.J. back to do Episode Nine to kind of give, you know, they got to finish this trilogy out with a bang at this point because you have people pretty split down the line or of, of love it or hate it. So you have to really pull out something that's pretty extraordinary for Episode Nine to convince everybody that yeah jj jj can be the one to salvage this thing and not you know not that it's you know in the trash right now but um you know he's he's gonna be the one to close this thing out and try to in some sense make everybody happy at the end of this thing so i i think he is the right person for it though um well when you think about it like this like think about the fact that the Last Jedi, when compared to you know movie making and and the visuals and the sound and the music and the acting, even it's very very high above a lot of the other Star Wars movies. And um, there's only I mean the reason that it's so di- divisive is really like you could really pin it down to a small handful of key things that if they were different people would think it was absolutely incredible you know the way they handled luke where not not even the entire luke timeline they could have just tweaked that a little bit to make it make sense like the thing with snoke it could have been tweaked a little bit just a little bit to make it make more sense but we don't see that. We also don't know the whole story, correct? Or or where they were going. So, like you're saying, Brian, because just a little tweaking on some of those things could have could have appeased a lot of people. That can still be done, and who knows what is going to be what's going to happen in episode nine or uh, in episode uh, yeah nine yeah nine to change that for everybody. Who knows? No, I agree. I think I think what we need to do, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, is I think we need to start selling T-shirts that say "In JJ We Trust," you know, because <laughs> because I feel like all of our uh, hopes are riding on him to kind of. I really liked that, that tweet in. I told you guys about that I saw, where it said, "Help us, JJ Abrams. You're our only hope." <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's true. It really is true. So um, I feel like we're in good hands. You know what I mean? His treatment uh, of Star Wars and The Force Awakens was good. Yeah, I know everyone was bashing it for the, oh, just a retread of, of A New Hope and blah, blah, blah. But you wanted hey, something original. Here you go. You got it in The Last Jedi. And, hey, maybe Disney has already taken a, a step back and looked at this with a bird's eye view and planned that. I mean, I know there was director changes and stuff, but when you look at it like that, you think the first movie safe if we're going to take risks let's do it with the middle movie and then play the third movie a little safe again to kind of wrap that in there so we can change things how we want but still wrap it in 
what people are comfortable with. You know, maybe they kind of saw that, like, well, J.J. did very good with the first one, and so um, let's give him the third one after what we've seen that that Ryan can do and what's going to happen. Because I'm sure there had to have been people with at, at Disney. There, I mean, I understand it's Disney and they, you know, they want to make money and blah, 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 blah. But there had to be people there because they're Star Wars fans. There had to be people there that are like, I just don't know. Like, what what are fans going to think about this? What are fans going to think about, think about this? They had to be troubleshooting and and spitballing and brainstorming and trying to come up with ways to retcon that if they had to, yeah. you know? Well, what I'd or like even to know prepare is, for it ahead of time. Because you had, uh, I think it was Colin Trevorrow, I think is how you yeah. say his name. He was the Episode Nine director right. and scriptwriter and everything, and, and they canned him for J.J., so, like, you almost wonder... You know where that was gonna go. You know what I mean? That they they mm-hmm. had to get into JJ. I wonder if they started to get some reaction, like some pre-screening reaction or something like that, and thought, "Hey, we need to we need to make a change here and go back with JJ." Um, I would like to. I like to believe that it kind of goes this way in the director or the writer's head. Like when JJ's writing for episode seven. He sees a timeline that that spans through episode nine, even though at the mm-hmm. time he wasn't doing it. I think that he, I think that that each writer writes with that in mind, and then when Ryan Johnson comes along, he tweaks it how he he says this is how I see it, and he does his movie that still ties in, but but fits it there, and now they're collaborating. Now they have to piece it together to fit everything. Well, at so the when, end. when and Ryan it changes did as it goes. episode uh, episode. Eight Last Jedi, he was watching like, like cuts of the Force Awakens. Force Awakens wasn't totally complete yet, so like mm-hmm. as they were making Force Awakens, they were giving it to him, and that's where you know he learned about the characters and the universe that they're in, so on and so forth. So he was writing based off of that and what he was seeing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I think this is fresh. I think JJ, you know. Again, he didn't plan on making episode nine, so I think right. it's it's just an open book. He can take it and close it out however he wants, and that's what he did with Luke at the end of Force Awakens. I'm just all is, I'm saying is I'm not saying that I think JJ had a script written for nine or eight. I'm just saying I think when he created Snoke, JJ didn't just create Snoke and go, "I'm going to create this cool character." I don't know, I don't you know I don't have any plans for him whatsoever. Yeah. I'm just going to make him. I think he had to have had some idea and then told Ryan and whoever else, well, yeah. this is like how I see this character. I that. You would think you he'd hand him off like, hey, here's this guy I created. Here's what I think about him. And here's what I think right. his backstory is and his future is. You guys do what you want. And the same with Ray. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could be. And then Ryan Johnson just pooed all over it. And so. and so my point in saying that is when he writes nine – or tweaks it, you know, because I'm, I'm I'm sure he didn't. You say, or did was Binab joking around that he had already presented his script for nine, like right after the release of eight. Did yeah, someone JJ say pitched, that? JJ oh. pitched them his story plan after, right after the Last Jedi. That's that's news. Okay, so, that's what yeah, I thought. He, so to me. To me, that says he already had an idea and probably waited until he got all the pieces, kind of like Ryan did with The Force Awakens, got the pieces of 
The Last Jedi, and then tweaked his story to fit that, and then presented him with the first draft. Like, this is what I got, and then they'll, they'll you know, rework that or however they do it. Because they start shooting when? Like, pretty soon, don't they? I think they've already started. I, heard, I, th- I thought I heard something about that. Either, like, they begin soon or yeah. they already did. So... Uh, it's exciting, man. We'll find out. You know, it's not it's not over yet. So, all right, let's go to this. Um, so, last Jedi burning questions. Uh, this is an article from EW, and then I got a couple more that aren't in here. But Ryan Johnson um, answered a few things and um, wanted to share those with you. So, these are his thoughts on some of the big parts of the movie, even Last Jedi. Uh, one of them was uh, the question is, did we learn the truth about Ray's parents? Um, so obviously Kylo Ren told Ray that she's a nobody, but the question is, was he lying? Uh, Ryan says for me in that moment, Kylo believes it's the truth. I don't think he's purely playing chess. I think that's what he saw when they touched fingers and that's what he believes. And when he tells her that in that moment, she believes it. But Johnson cautions that JJ Abrams and Chris Terrio, who are currently working on nine could decide differently. So, let me ask you guys, will we see that part of the story change? Or will her parents continue to be nobodies? Well, first of all, I think that there's, it's, it's, it's wide open to be changed if they want. Because we found out, and it was, it was proven in the movie, that what they both saw was kind of the same thing each other were feeling. Like, Ray saw Ben turning because she saw him helping her fight. Ben saw Ray turning because he saw her helping him fight. Is it possible that Ben saw Ray's parents being nothing because that's what Ray has always feared that they are? And that's what she sees them as. So he sees them. It's interesting. In the same type of view. Be not? Uh, well, I mean, just from what we saw. I mean, maybe Kylo saw the same thing that we saw in Ray's vision in Episode Seven, which is not that much, but he just comes up with that. He comes up with that um, kind of answer after seeing that. That's what he just comes up with. But I really just think that in terms of changing the story of Ray's parentage, that I think it just depends on what direction JJ really goes with the story and 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 changing or keeping it the same whichever one serves the story better i think is what he'll do and what i mean by that is you know making raised parents nobodies um is an interesting move and it's not that you know them i know that they led to a lot of uh questions and they kind of hinted at it in the force awakens you know with maz asking han solo and then them cutting the scene and then them her, her saying i'm waiting for my parents and my family and you know having that in the flashback scene you think there's more to it but i think in the direction that the story's going in it's just interesting to make ray a nobody um and then obviously at the end you see that little boy reach out and grab the broom and I think what they're opening the door for, like I've said before, is that the Force isn't just about the Skywalkers. It's not about 
you having a heritage of the force it's you know i think they're pretty making it pretty open-ended that the force is available to anybody you have chira in rogue one he's a guy who's you know part of you know he, he he's a he's a he's a worshiper of the force you know he 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 follows it he's guided by it but he's not force sensitive he's not a force user but he does he is connected to the force and i think maz is the same way there but i think that they're just trying to open up the door to say no the, the force is open to everybody it's not it's not just this specific huh. family so i think ray's parents being nobodies just adds on to that point she's not a heritage of anybody she's just a nobody that just got wrapped up in the story and became something that she never thought she could be all right well i still think i think it'll be the same i think they'll leave it the same um you know it seems like most people are accepting of that and some even think it's inspirational um you know i've read a lot of stories where people are like uh you know oh well you know, I could totally relate to that because my parents left me and so on and so forth. And it tells me I can do anything. So it's kind of an inspirational deal. So, all right. Did Phasma survive? Johnson says he thinks she could make a comeback. Uh, she said, he says Phasma's the Kenny from South Park. <laughs> um, so I'll give you guys my opinion. I don't think she'll come back and I don't think they should bring her back. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, if you're dead, you're dead. Um, I mean, she was in that chrome suit and fell into fire, so I feel like she was pretty toasty at the end of that. Um, what about you, Dave? Is she coming back or not? I feel like it would be really kind of corny. Yep. Because it happened in the last movie. Yeah. They implied her death, and they even wrote that she ex- you know, like escaped out of the trash compactor quickly. Yeah. Like in like the little books or comic uh, book. Yeah. And now she dies again, and she's going to escape again to yeah. come back to... I mean... Come on. It just seems... Yeah. Ryan? Uh, I think she needs to go. I'm, I agree with you guys that it's just going to be kind of stupid to bring her back. If she's gone, she's gone. And yeah. I think if they had a chance of redeeming her character and making her really, really cool, um, they then they, then they should have just done that with The Last Jedi. But I think her whole purpose is that her whole purpose is that she's linked to Finn. And Finn overcoming and defeating her in a way it is, is part of his kind of hero's journey. Yeah, it's his, his right. journey. So now that, now, that he's, that. now that she's gone and at by the hand of Finn, the guy that she was kind of bossing around at the beginning of The Force Awakens, that kind of storyline has, has come full circle now for Finn. So I think she served her purpose. All right. Did Leia have the power of the Force all this time? Uh, this says we've seen twinges of second sight from her, but we finally see Leia manifest force powers during her scene, obviously when she's blasted out in the space and she pulls a Mary Poppins, uh, it says Johnson credits Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy for pushing the idea. She kept saying Leia's a Skywalker. Luke gave her this speech in Jedi and told her basically you have this potential too. It is, it should be power. I think. It seemed to me it would be a really emotionally impactful thing to see her use it. Um, he said, I like the idea that it would be an instinctual thing. This would be more like stories you hear about parents of toddlers who get caught under cars and they get Hulk strength and lift the car up. So, you know, I don't think there was ever any doubt that she had the force. I mean, you know, we saw her 
communicate through the force and the other movies um you know whether whether this was a a way to I like the idea of her of like of like her using the force to survive like it kind of kicked in um like an instinctual thing. I like that idea, but just it was just the way it was shot was what was kind of goofy. Um her just kind of floating through the air like that. So what do you guys think? Um yeah, it was the question of whether or not she's always had the force. I mean, like Brian was talking, Rabina was talking about earlier, um she's been force sensitive because of her lineage. Um, she had that sensitivity to the force that was showcased in the empire strikes back. When Luke reached out to her from the, the bottom of, uh, of cloud city Bespin, and she heard him and she turned around the millennium Falcon and they went and got him. Um, he did it again. I think he did it. I thought, guys, I'm confusing some of the things out there, but obviously in the Force Awakens, she could she felt it when Han died. She's obviously been Force sensitive. Um, we also learn through uh, different writings, including the Visual Dictionary, which we'll get to, that Luke was you know she was Luke's prime candidate to train in the Force after Return of the Jedi, but she was very military minded. She had her stuff that she was doing with the Rebel Alliance and uh, later the Resistance and. She wanted to focus more on that and her family, but that doesn't mean that he didn't train her in some sense and and teach her how to just reach out. You know, I mean, as we saw in the Last Jedi, it only took like a day or two with Rey. And I'm not saying that that Leia is was as powerful in the Force as Rey is, but. Luke definitely could have taught her some stuff as far as reaching out and using the Force and, and doing that kind of stuff. So it didn't surprise me. I'm the same way with you, what you just said, Brian. It didn't surprise me to see her be able to do that. Um, it just surprised me in the way that they had it done, where they placed yeah. it, and and that kind of stuff. Do you think it would have been it, better it, if they, like, instead of her, like, pulling herself to the ship, she, like, pulled the ship to her? See, I think that would have been over the top think for so? her. I think well because the first time you find out that she, she can use the force pulls this is massive something ship. Yeah, because you've not at this point we've not even seen Luke do that. Yeah. You know, he failed in in Empire Strikes Back to move it to raise the ship. To see yeah. her do it would be like uh so I did like it but I it was just that whole thing was weird for me because <laughs> they said that they didn't change any of her scenes, right? Yeah. So Assuming, you know, in, in a world where Carrie Fisher did not pass away, this is kind of like, okay, we killed Han in the last movie, and they're te- we're teasing you that, oh, now it's Leia's turn to die in this movie. What? Nope, she doesn't. Look, she has the Force. Blah, 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 blah. But this is a reality where she really did die. So now you're thinking, as you're watching it, you know, real time, you're like, oh, now this is how it happens. You know, this is how they're going to write her out. Then she comes back, and then you're like, well... You know they have to kill her eventually, so this is kind of like ah, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think I think the only thing is if they had killed her there, they would have had to rewrite a lot of stuff. Right, you wouldn't have right. got the so Luke they were kind of stuck. The Luke you know, and Leia, they, they had a hard decision. So, yep. Bina, have you got anything to add? All right, that's a no. Who me? 
Yeah. Are you there? Is this your name? <laughs> no, what I think is, uh, like like Dave said, she uses a force a little bit in the um, in the original trilogy, but I feel like she sparks an interest. Uh, after Luke and her have the little meeting, before Luke goes, goes up to confront Vader, and the, yeah. she tells her that he's her sister. And then there's a part where they see the Death Star explode, and, and Han's kind of worried, like, oh, man, he was up there. And then she gets all a little spooky with him. She goes, ah, no, he's okay. And then, yeah, and then, uh, and then Hans looks at her like, oh, you too now kind of deal. So I think after... Well, at that point, he looked at her because he was kind of like, oh, you know, because he's still worried about her maybe liking Luke, remember? And then she tells him, oh, he's my brother. He's like, oh, okay, (laughs) cool. So you still like me, right? But I think that, uh, but from Leia's perspective, because she already, okay, that's Han's point of view from that. But Leia's saying, I know, I can feel it. It's it's more of na- once she realized her line- her true lineage, then the force be- is a little bit more interesting to her. Yeah, it's like she accepted it. Well, don't forget he too told that, that Yoda told Obi Wan, you know, there is another. You know, if Luke failed, so so yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question that she had that potential. Just was she ever going to tap into it? Right. But. Uh, yeah, her words, her words in Return of the Jedi were that you have a power I can never understand, and that's when he said that's the line they took when they teased the Force Awakens so much. Yeah. No, 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 no. My father had it. I have it. You have it. Yeah. You know. So right. it's and and let me just cool. say this about um, about a lot of the backstory because I've thought about it in a lot of backstory, and I know Rebels is coming to a little bit of a close. And you know, one big thing with this new streaming service that. Disney is coming out with. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. But that's one of the big reasons why they bought 21st Century Fox is because they're looking for content to include into their streaming service. And their streaming service is a great platform to, to have original content. Of They want a live-action Star Wars TV series as well as other series like Rebels that they can, that they can put out there that's Star Wars based on this platform service in 2019. And what we have is you have a lot of history with the Knights of Ren and Snoke. And you have that whole history between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens of Luke and the Jedi Temple and all and all those different things. A young Kylo Ren story that you there's a lot of different story elements that you can that you can uh, go after there. Right good <laughs> all right so um no you're right we'll see when they release that what uh, what star wars content we get um all right is this so this i thought this one has uh it actually has something that i didn't think of um and we should have caught all of us should have caught this a mistake and um i haven't heard anybody say anything about it until i saw this is this really the last of luke skywalker um says, we witnessed the end of the most beloved character in Star Wars history. Why did Johnson decide it was his time? Um, he said his goal was recreating a finale for Luke that pushes the audience and thus the character. So, but he also said this, and this is the part I was talking about. Johnson also pointed out a slight flaw with the vanishing scene. So when Luke dies and he vanishes, 
He says, a steel hand should clunk to the ground. Ah, you're right. Right? That's pretty unless, good. Unless, you know, well, the fact that he pointed it out means, yeah, he didn't think of it. But there's always the possibility of, you know, because he's sitting there on that rock and the hand could have just, just under his clothes fallen down like in the in the clothes yeah. and that made a noise so we'll go because i mean the, we'll the robe was yeah the the flowing part was separate than the app than the other stuff that landed where he sat i would imagine but if is, he had his hands in his lap or whatever which i can't remember where his hands were at that point but it is true though that that part it would have been cool would not have gone you know right yep so yeah anyway all right so um I think that's it for that. There's there's one other, um, or there's two other things that I I caught online that I thought were interesting. So why, you know, when when Luke did the force projection, um, where he fought Kylo, you know, why was he using the blue lightsaber um, instead of his green one? And I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, IGN asked Ryan Johnson about that. And he says, Luke is basically tailoring this projection to have maximum effect on Kylo. He knows that Kylo's Achilles heel is his rage. And so that's why he kind of makes himself look younger, the way Kylo would have last seen him in their confrontation at the temple. And that's why he decided to bring Kylo's grandfather's lightsaber down there. The lightsaber that Kylo screamed at Rey, that's mine, that belongs to me. So thought that was kind of interesting hadn't heard um an explanation on that um but i do know people were curious and, and i think that's a pretty good answer luke was using it for his benefit um to kind of you know capture kylo's rage even more and get him off balance so kind of cool one other thing um people are um i guess i don't know that anybody's really i guess they are asking all right so in the beginning of the movie we have poe and the bombers and they go after the dreadnought and, you know, some people are asking, well, how do they know where to drop the bombs? Because they kind of reference that, that, you know, this is the area that we need to drop the bombs in. And there's actually a link in Battlefront 2 um, in the new DLC. Well, it knew a month or so ago. And the DLC storyline, um, for those that play that game, Iden Versio is the main character. And in that game her and her daughter actually go and they steal the schematics to the dreadnoughts and they give it to the resistance so that the resistance knows where to drop bombs to destroy dreadnoughts so kind of interesting you know video game linking to the last jedi and b-knob um i don't know if you heard this you were also correct in your rogue one prediction about there being a link to the last jedi and um, have you heard about the link from Rogue One to the Last Jedi? I have not. This is a big moment for me. So this is this is a year in the making. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the link is, you know, when Jin is um, in that tower and she's looking through the files, um, and she's, you know, they're trying to find the Death Star schematics, right? And she's naming a bunch of different. Um, files that she's seeing you know one of those was um you know dark saber she mentions but one of those was hyperspace tracking which we all know that the uh -huh. the first order used in the last jedi to 
capture the uh, resistance or chase the resistance. So and which is your a, link? Which from is Rogue a huge One. part of Finn and uh, right. Rose's storyline throughout the whole movie. There's your link from Rogue One to the Last Jedi. The first, the Empire back then was just starting to look into hyperspace tracking. Apparently, it took them thirty years to figure it out. So, so there you go. But you still lost, B Nom. So because there's actually something in the Visual Dictionary about that as well. Is it really? <coughs> All right. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of the Visual Dictionary, Dave. Um, Dave yeah. has a Visual Dictionary. He's going to give us five things that he thinks are interesting from The Last Jedi Visual Dictionary. And we're going to do this for a few podcasts because I'm sure there's a plethora of information in there that if you're a Star Wars geek like us, you kind of dig that stuff. So, Dave, what uh, what five things well, do you want us to know? There's quite a few things in there, and I'm, try- I'm trying to be careful not to just get all the coolest stuff out first and then the rest of them are like the smaller yeah. details and stuff, yeah. but... It's kind of it's really difficult, but I will jump on uh, one of the first ones that because you just what you just talked about I found interesting, um, Armitage Hux, who I don't know how many if everyone knows that General Hux's name is Armitage. Yes, um, it's been referenced. It's it is public knowledge, but it's not something that's referenced in the movies. But um, General Hux, he is uh, spoken about a lot. He's got a full two-page thing about all of his stuff. And some of the stuff that I thought was interesting um, that I didn't know uh, is that, one, he murdered his own father. Um, it's, uh, it doesn't say a whole lot about this, but he was the former General Hux. Uh, his name was General Brendel Hux. And it doesn't say why he was murdered, but it does say that it was done quietly. So... Armitage has a little bit of, I'm not saying he's, you know, dealing with the force or anything, but he kind of has that little uh, rule of two things where he are betraying his own family members or whatever, betraying his, his, you know, superior. Just one of those guys that will do anything to get ahead, include murdering his own So him and Kylo have something in common then. Yeah, and it's something I didn't know. See, it talks about him as... If you watch the movies and you don't really, you know, you're looking at Ray, you're looking at Kylo, you're looking at Luke, you know, you're looking at the main characters, and Hux is still very much a main character. You know, you look at uh, um, A New Hope, Darth Vader, big bad guy, but Grand Moff Tarkin was a powerful dude in that movie. He was, you know, uh, Vader basically, you know, didn't have to, but basically seceded authority to Grand Moff Tarkin in those scenes, you know, especially that one, the cool scene, the first scene where you see Vader choking that guy and Grand Moff Tarkin says, Vader, release him. And he goes, as you wish and stops. He didn't even, he didn't hold it out. He didn't, he just did it right away. And, uh, that could say more to Anakin and Vader's, you know, level of just doing, you know, it was, it was never a, uh, matter like Kylo who's just unhinged and out of control. Vader was very, Methodical. Um, methodical. Yeah. yeah, very, very orderish and, and followed uh, commands and stuff like that. But Armitage uh, is now reveling, you know, from The Force Awakens. He is now very happy with the fact that he is pretty much responsible for completely annihilating the New Republic. I mean, they just completely obliterated billions of lives with that 
death or this uh, star killer star killer attack. And though you know it, it obviously it blew up and everything, it was still it, it accomplished its task, which was to decimate them. And he was kind of like the brainchild behind that, from what the Visual Dictionary is saying. He's very uh, reliant on technology, and it does. I didn't. Uh, focus in on this because it was kind of a separate there's like separate things all over the page but it did talk about the um, uh, uh, light speed tracking that that was something that he looked into that he revisited and pulled out of like the old databanks and perfected it to make it work that was his new thing like his last thing was Starkiller Base and tracking down the New Republic and and eradicating them you know completely destroying them and now he's tracking down all of the remnants and all of the rest and so he is hell bent basically like a Hitler uh, from our history trying to just completely wipe out these people from the thing um, another thing that's very obvious this this is obvious he, he secretively loathes Kylo Ren um, he was happy to have learned about his failure in his fight with Rey and having to have been rescued from Starkiller Base um I didn't know this, though. This was interesting. His direct access to, to Supreme Leader Snoke technically gives him a higher rank than General, but Snoke won't give him the title of Grand Marshal. And you hear uh, Snoke talk to Kylo about, why do I keep a rabid cur, or why is it good to have a rabid cur? He's referring to to Hawks right. and how he's just manipulates him and, and doesn't give him exactly what he wants, but gives him enough to where he's just you know, basically chasing this big carrot full speed, trying to just, you know, do whatever he has to do. Um, and then another thing that I thought was lastly really cool about him that we don't know at all from the movie, he, in his um, uniform at all times, he's hiding a, mon- a monomolecular <laughs> mono blade dagger in his sleeve at all times, it says. Hmm which we've never seen. We saw him pull the gun out, the blaster out, thinking about finishing off Kylo. Right. But we don't know that he's got a, a blade, a secret blade in his sleeve that he has. Maybe that's what he used to kill his father. I don't know. Um, it does also say that he was, you know, he grew up in a life of luxury because of his father. He grew up a very good life, and there was really no reason given for him to betray his father and kill him other than what seemingly seems like to progress himself to raise his status. That's his primary goal. So I thought that was interesting about Armitage Hux. Um, another interesting thing, you started, I thought you were going to kind of uh, steal my thunder here, Brian, when you re- referenced the bombs, but a lot of people had a problem, a big problem, a scientific problem with these bombs being dropped in space with zero gravity. Um, and I just wanted to thwart those criticisms by talking about what the visual dictionary says about the proton bombs used in the opening sequence of the last Jedi. They're actually not falling at all. They have electromagnetic plates in the clip that help pull them down the bombing magazine and then toward their target. So it's a use of magnets that actually they're not being dropped. They're more like being propelled out into space and as you know what is scientifically true about gravity is once something starts going there's nothing to stop it until it hits something it's just going to keep going you know you throw a ball out into space it's going to keep going at the exact same speed unless gravity somewhere from a planet or a star or something 
pulls it. Yeah, it'd go in that same it direction. Just keep, it just keeps going. So once you propel them, they're going to go straight down there. And that's just... Even before I read this, I thought, well, that's all that has to happen. I thought maybe there's gravity within the ship that causes them to start that fall. And then once they pass through that magnetic field, because obviously uh, uh, Paige was lying there without a without any breathing. So there had to be something stopping the oxygen from getting out of there. So once they surpassed that, they just kept going. Right, and the electromagnetic the electromagnet send them sends it to a certain speed for them to figure yes. out, okay, if this if the ship is that far of a distance, it's going to go this amount of speed. So we have to shoot it at this time right. to hit that ship at the proper moment. Yep. So that explains that. And then kind of piggybacking off of that, this is maybe cheating a little bit, but the MG100 Star Fortress, which are those bombers that they used um, which was very, cause I always had questions about that. Like they seem so slow. They seem kind of so out of place in a battle like that. Um, but they were actually, uh, ships that date back to the galactic civil war. Um, the visual dictionary says that they were discontinued in the final days of the war and have since then been used for car to make cargo drops used in wildfire suppression, like dropping water over wildfires and, for mining purposes, dropping explosives hmm. to, to like mine for different minerals and stuff like that. And the resistance brought them kind of out, sort of like what they did with the skip, uh, what do they call them? The skiffers or the, uh, the, the what are the, the ski things, uh, crate, the skis things. Yeah. yeah. They're just using old, uh, Republic what, yeah, rebel, they get their hands on. stuff. Right. So these ships are in, in that actual long tower. They call it the, the bomb magazine or the clip, almost like you're reloading a clip and it's got all of the, the bombs inside of it. So that was kind of cool about the, the proton bombs and the MG-100 Star Fortress bombers that they used. Um, thirdly, something you'll notice like very quickly when you open the Visual Dictionary is the map of the Hosnian system, which is the Star Wars galaxy that we know. Um, and it has everything mapped out. It shows the core. It shows all of the different systems that you've heard of in Star Wars so far. I mean, and I forgot about that too. I remember seeing, okay, here's all these names of these planets. And then I remembered, wait a second, these aren't planets. These are just where the planets are. These are the systems that they're in. So each of these little bright lights are stars, you know, like our, our solar system is within the Milky Way galaxy, which has however many solar systems are in thousands or whatever Mm -hmm. solar systems in our Milky Way galaxy. So, you know, you saw, because you remember Ben Kenobi saying to Luke, go to the Dagobah system where you'll find Yoda. So he went to the planet Dagobah in the Dagobah system. So there's however many other planets around in that system. Dagobah, I don't know. Um, but I did find it interesting. Um, I kind of, this is not something that was in the visual dictionary, but the map is. So I used that to kind of talk about Luke's projecting the, the new force power that we didn't know about projecting themselves luke force projected himself across the galaxy from octu to crate and i did a little bit of measurements and i'm not going to use actual (laughs) inches or whatever because i only had inches i didn't have light years or whatever it was but think about this the trip that in in go all the way back to the phantom menace the trip that they took from tatooine to naboo they jumped into light speed, hyperspeed, and however long it took them, I mean, it, it wasn't close. Right. Right? It wasn't close at all. The distance that Luke projected himself was two and a half times further than that trip 
And the remember when the, we saw the opening sequence, the opening battle in The Last Jedi? They jumped to hyperspace. They were in hyperspace for, you know, a good amount of time before they came out and were immediately caught again by the uh, New Order, or the First Order, because they had hyperspace tracking. And then they use impulse, you know, regular whatever speed it was, which it looks slow to us because it's two ships, but they're still going fast. Sure. And they were just in a chase for quite a while until they got to Crate. Well, the distance from Dakar, which is where the Resistance base was that they abandoned at the beginning of the movie, to Crate is ten times less the distance that Luke projected himself from Octu to Crate. That's how far away he was. Ten times further away than that whole trip they made. Right. From the beginning of the movie to the end. I mean, he was like, just, I mean, way, way far away. Um, so I thought that was really cool, just by looking at the map to kind of determine that kind of thing. And then, here's another little cheat that I thought, no, I, wanted to t- I wanted to tell Beano about this. But, it's something about Snoke. Like, and this is a tangent, Brian, so apologize. But is it possible, because we're used to seeing Emperor Palpatine in what looks like a projection, right? And in the ship on The Last Jedi, when Snoke appears in front of Hux and throws him around, it's been verified in the Vidro Dictionary that this it was from a little projector droid. But if you notice in The Force Awakens, when he's in the throne room, he's very big. And at, we we found at first we thought oh this is him and then later we see like debris falling through it and you think oh it's just a projection but but we're thinking projection like from a a droid or from a thing but what if he was projecting himself like Luke was projecting himself because in the visual dictionary of Snoke it talks about even though his body's been harmed and maimed and whatever and very frail his projections of himself are always so much bigger and threatening and and ominous and when you look at the images of snoke in the force awakens and you look at snoke in real life in the last jedi he looks much and it's it sounds funny saying this about him because he's deformed but he does look younger in the force awakens he looks smoother his face doesn't look as old and and all that stuff and if you compare the throne that he's sitting on to the throne in the last jedi it's different it looks completely different i always thought that was this i don't know i always thought that was a hologram because it, it looks blue even or it know. does but but the thing i'm the the point i'm getting to is why did they not make that consistent i mean i know they changed something like the scar on kylo's face and but they explained that they just wanted to or whatever but it was you know but when you compare them, it, it's literally these movies are lined up back to back, and it looks so much different. And when you consider the fact that Luke projected himself in a a younger, different form than he was, was it possible that that was what Snoke was doing? I just thought that was something yeah. that was interesting to me, because he does look a little bit different. But anyways, that's just a tangent. <laughs> Um, the, uh, number four, something I want to talk about, and then I'll get back to Snoke for the last one. Um, Ray and Ben's bond, or Ray, yeah, it sounded weird to say that. Ray and Ben's bond in the force. Ray and Kylo Ren's bond in the force. Um, 
it was this was on the page where it's a full two pages of Kylo Ren, and it talks about the fate of the mysterious scavenger from Jakku is inextricably connected to Kylo's, and he cannot deny the bond that they share in the Force. Um, and it made me think of that line that Snoke said, you know, darkness rises and the light to meet it. And in another section of the Visual Dictionary, it references how Luke, through his studies and his journey to seek out ancient Jedi artifacts, has seen the cyclical nature of the struggle between light and dark and the massive toll the galaxy pays with each cycle. And I just found that interesting to think about how Ray and Kylo are like, Ray and Ben are like the balance. They're like the same coin, just different sides. And Luke in his studies realized, you know, there's this is cyclical. This happens all the time. Through the through the through the ages, through the history of the Jedi Order, there have been light and darkness struggles. And so it gets resolved here, and then it becomes cyclical, and it happens again, and it becomes, you know, it goes full circle, and it happens again, and every time it happens, there's catastrophic results. There's pain, there's agony, and this is obviously one of the reasons why he just wants to end it. He just wants to, to basically make the decision on his own that we we can't you you we can't handle the force this isn't something that is supposed to be for just these uh one or two sides to wield it it's for everyone nobody has a monopoly on it and i just thought that was kind of cool so we're seeing that circle being made by the end of this trilogy to where it was you know luke and darth vader luke and the emperor whatever however you want to say it and now it is coming to another uh, struggle between Rey and Kylo. So, man, I'm really excited to see Kylo, by the way, because I know that you've been, you're a huge Kylo fan, and you're looking forward to, just as much as I am, how evil and powerful yeah. and just how much of a of a big baddie is Kylo going to be in this right. next film? I just hope that they do what I'm hoping for, and I know we haven't done this yet for Episode Nine. But what I'm really hoping for in Episode Nine is is just a time jump. We had this is the first time that they ever had a movie where yeah. it was back to back, pretty much. I don't see how it can't happen. A time like jump. there's not enough. Yeah, there's yeah. not enough established to continue right where they left off. Correct. You got to build jump. something. So, but I do agree with you guys. We we need to see like a just like a really powerful and evil Kylo Ren. Right. And that's why the time jump time well, yeah, jump because, will help because then you can the time yes. jump will make him more established as the leader of the first order and Rey more right. established as a Jedi. You just the, the the last Jedi basically ends with him taking a swan dive and going full dark at the end and the next movie I really wanted to show us where he get how far he gets into that thing because he was struggling back and forth in the first movie, you know, killing his father, anchored him more in the dark side, but he was still torn and conflicted and and just filled with rage. And at the end, he finally just decided, "I'm done with this. I'm done with it all. Let's go. Let's do it." Yeah. And so it could be crazy. Um, before I went out of time here, the last thing on my list was the ancient mosaic in the First Jedi Temple in, on Octu. Um 
very interesting. I've heard a lot of theories already about Snoke, yeah. and I'm kind of, I'm kind of yeah. one of them that kind of like the like the idea. Um, set into the floor of the first Jedi Temple is an image of the first Jedi, according to the Visual Dictionary. They called it the Prime Jedi. So it's supposed to be the first Jedi ever who founded the Order, who, you know, the, the was the first person to call himself a Jedi and uh, train himself in the light side of the Force. It shows the Jedi in meditation with the perfect, I shouldn't have said the light side of the Force, with the perfect balance of light and dark. Um, the picture shows what looks to be uh, a human, it's a, it's a humanoid type person. You know, it has a head and a body, two arms, two legs. There's no like fins coming off yeah. of him. There's no tentacles or anything. He's not, he's not a mal, uh, calamari or anything like that. Um, he just looks like a person. Now he doesn't look 100% human though, which was interesting. His head's a little bit big for being a human. Um, Oddly enough, out of all the characters that we've seen in Star Wars, the person he resembles the most is Snoke. Uh, and what we do know of Snoke is that he is not human, but he's definitely humanoid. Um, and there are a lot of people that think that Snoke you know, had this balance or whatever and eventually got to the point to where he decided to you know, abandon it all and... There are other people that think that the deformity, like the split going right down his head, is almost signifying of the the uh, uh, basically the eruption of the of the fight, the the conflict of light and dark in him, basically just splitting him down the middle and, and contorting him and whatever. But I, I think that's a very interesting thing. Whether or not it's Snoke or not, I want to know more about the Prime Jedi and why. In the in in this image where you see a balance of good and or you, a balance of light and dark, like in the image you actually see part of him's black, part of him's white. There's like a white orb in the black over here. There's a black orb in the white over here. His lightsaber, he's holding like a lightsaber that goes straight up the middle of him, and mm -hmm. one side's black and one side's white. It's like perfect balance. Whereas all that we've learned before with the Jedi is like dark side's bad. Can't have dark side. That's not something that that they did. And I'm wondering, like, you know, is it like the old game telephone or whatever? You tell a story for so long, and it goes around and goes around and goes around. By the time it gets all the way back, it's different. Like, they started out good, and eventually, through pain and suffering or whatever you want to call it, things that happen, somewhere along the lines, things changed. And they became a little bit removed from what they started. So I'm really interested to find out more about that. And I think because... Ray took the ancient Jedi texts. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to find some of that. And hopefully through the help of Mark Hamill as Luke in Force Ghost form, we might have some conversations where she, he might teach her a little bit more about some of the things and questions she has. Who knows? Maybe even Yoda will come back. I mean, they already showed him, so why wouldn't he still be there? It would be cool. Yeah, it's I think. I've seen that theory about Snoke, and it is interesting. I, I think it's if that was the case, it is a little bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, I suppose you could bring it up in uh, the next one if that was the case. Um, but that would have been would have been cool to like, you know, see that backstory in in this. I one. know, I know. And there was also people that brought up a good point. 
What if he was the first Jedi? Right. What if you would have had a battle between the first Jedi and the last Jedi? That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been so cool. No, I agree. I mean, but I mean, there's people a lot smarter yeah. than me, and I'm just th- that run this thing, and I'm yeah. I'm really wanting to hope. But and see, trust that's why that they, they know what they're doing. That's why they have to tell us who Snoke is, though. I want to know why he's obsessed with getting rid of the Jedi, you know, and obviously, you know, he he wants Luke because Luke is you know the last Jedi. That's what he you know saying. But then he also says, you know, the reason why Rey has to die is because she has the heart of a Jedi. Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's this dude's deal with it's the Jedi, especially if he's not a Sith? A lot of the Jedi, or a lot of the Snoke theory people are also saying stuff like, well, Snoke, you know, uh, manipulated Kylo. He could see everything that Kylo yeah. was doing. Who's to know he couldn't see what was actually going to happen but in all that did happen he drew out luke and luke ended up dying now in all of the knowledge that supreme leader snoke who's wise and everything has he would have to know that you know strike me down i'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine he would have to know that there's jedi force ghosts so in that sense luke being dead now uh in the physical realm or whatever that is one of the you know uh end games that snoke wanted to see was the last jedi killed now ray is now continuing on as a jedi so that's you know it's not the last now that i think about it i remember and i don't remember where i saw it but um it was just recently too that one of the reasons he wanted to kill luke was because he foresaw like it wasn't a clear vision but he foresaw a Skywalker killing him. And in fact, a Skywalker did kill him. It was just, mm-hmm. wasn't the one that he thought. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of, a lot of ways they could go with that. A lot of questions they could answer. But, um, well, you know, Yoda always said that the future is hard to see. Yeah. And always changing. There's, you know, there's in constant there, motion. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Says, yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can see in the force, but, People that are always looking ahead and not looking right in front of yeah. the big lesson to Luke that became full circle again at the end of this last movie, not looking at what's right in front of you. And that's what Qui-Gon told Anakin, yeah. if we remember, all the way to back for the Phantom Menace. He, he stressed the importance of being in the moment and looking in the moment instead of always looking in the future. Anakin's yeah. big problem was he was always looking to the future. My, my loved ones are going to die or looking into the past. My my mother's dead. I got to bring her back, or I got to save Padme. He he wasn't focused on what was happening right in front of him, and was so easily deceived and manipulated by Palpatine because of it. That's good. I think you're onto something there. Because think about it, Luke was kind of when it comes to Kylo, looking in a sense, looking ahead. You know, I sense some evil in Kylo, he and was, I think he he's, was, this is where the path he's going. Snoke was looking ahead instead of yeah. looking in the moment. You know, Luke was looking at. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, and then even there. afterwards, with Luke shutting himself off to the Force, when we come back to Luke, he's still trapped in the past now. Yeah. Now he's looking in the past. What I did, it's my fault. I got to, you know, no, you know, he was not focused. And that's what, and Yoda basically called him out on it. Look at you again. Always, yeah. always not looking right in front of what's right in front of your face. Well, and, and, and then, and then you look at the end of the movie and that when he did that projection in that moment, what was he doing? He was preserving... You know, he was looking at taking 
action in the present to preserve it because you know he's setting things up allowing ray to carry on and be the last jedi now allowing the resistance to have hope you know um allowing the resistance to escape and see ray use those powers you know to again to build hope and yeah it's kind of interesting now, that was some good mm-hmm. stuff there dave nice job man i like it thanks man i like it too i mean there's a lot about the last jedi that there is to like a whole lot but you you know it's a great movie now no <laughs> <laughs> uh but i think that's one of those things i think as t- as if we let it marinate and give it some more time and then especially once we get jj's movie you know this thing this our opinion of the last jedi might change and again i liked it there's just certain issues i have with it but those issues can all be resolved so right yep and i think and right. i think the test of time like you guys said tells everything talked to a couple guys yep. and they said you mm-hmm. know looking back if you look back at all the ones last jedi included they said you know what as a person growing up even after all these years there may be some corny dialogue there may be some bad plot lines that don't really make a lot of sense but at the end of the day they say do you know what revenge of the sith is an amazing movie Yeah. So, and that's after 10 years, 10, 12 years of being out, you know, them going back and saying, you know, the lightsaber duels and the action in that movie is amazing. It's a, it's a memorable one. It's, it's a one that I can sit back after all these years and enjoy watching. You know, it's really just the test of time. You know, I remember going back, I went back recently, probably two months ago, and I probably watched Force Awakens for the first time and probably six or eight months went back and watched it and about five minutes into the movie I I, I I think I enjoyed it more than watching it for the first time re-watching it because I was I was reminded how good it was the stuff with Poe and Finn busting out yeah. in the beginning it's like it, it's it, there's not one part of that movie that I'm, I ever want to fast forward in The Force Awakens it's just I I, mm-hmm. I just want to watch every scene because there's always something going on. It's just a nonstop thrill ride. And it's just a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And that's why going back after kind of taking a step back from it, well, maybe you'll come back and, and see it from a different point of view. A certain point of view. All right, as we move on, uh, before we get into the Trivial Pursuit and wrap this thing up, uh, Brian, did you quickly have any uh, news Yeah, there's been some photos flo- floating around, some Russian photos of uh, promotional pieces uh, that are going to be a part of Slo- Solo, the Star Wars story. Uh, it's got... Slolo? So, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a little bit of uh, Han Solo and Lando and... and uh, uh, Han Solo's new girl in the f- film um, uh, that they say that her name is Kira spelled Q-I apostrophe R-A and if you guys remember when they all the way even way back when they were uh, talking about characters in The Force Awakens everybody thought Kira which is K-I-R- K-I-R-A uh, was going to be Ray's name in The Force Awakens Um but supposedly that's going to be her character's name is Kira, which is Q-I-apostrophe-R-A, which is a little bit more of a Star Wars spelling as a name. Uh, but that's going to be her name. And then it, they did give some confirmation that 
um, Woody Harrelson's character in the story who plays Han Solo's mentor is name his name is Beckett which is something that he slipped in an interview probably about six months ago but his name his first name is Tobias so he's going to be a character named Tobias Beckett but on these different promotional pieces that they've shown different Lego pieces that they're going to be released there's an image of the Millennium Falcon that is different than the Millennium Falcon that we all know and love. There's a piece of it on the top. If you all think about how the Millennium Falcon is kind of rounded shaped and it kind of comes to two points on the front of it with kind of a middle part missing. And this one, the Millennium Falcon piece that they're showing, uh, it, it comes to like a triangular point. So there's a little bit of an arrow shape that kind of inserts into that spot in the front of Millennium Falcon that supposedly is missing in the original trilogy that they might possibly lose that part of the ship in part of the movie. You know what's interesting is that I've always wondered as a kid because that middle that middle section has an indentation like a hole like a piece would fit into it. I never thought there's a piece that fits into it. I just thought what goes into that hole? Well, I always like, thought because it was a for? cargo ship, like that's like where the cargo went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would move, it would move stuff around with that. I mean, I don't know, but I guess we're all going to find out now. So that's just a little, so little piece of uh, information that I have for Star Solo, a Star Wars story, which is the next one in line. All right. Cool. All right, so guys, we're going to move on to Trivial Pursuit. I'm excited about this. I know Dave is. Um, Dave's really pumped. And then uh, Brian, of course, is loving it. So here's the deal. I got for Christmas from my brother-in-law, Chris, who listens to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Got me the Star Wars Black Series Trivial Pursuit. So it's pretty cool. Um, I don't have anybody to play with, so that's why we're doing this. I'm going to make you guys play this. (laughs) Um, like, like some like evil like jigsaw character. Um, so uh, so here's my thoughts, and it, so here's what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna do this uh, for the next few podcasts, um, and we're gonna keep score. So uh, we're gonna do. Um, let's do. We all know how we all know questions. how I- infamous I am on on coin flip. So I'm just gonna give the first question to Dave. Hang on. So let me roll. Well, how does this even work? We take turns answering, or we, or what? We're gonna do six questions a night, each. Okay, and you get a point for everyone you get right. Wait, each episode is just me and Bina. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I have have all the answers. So so, yeah, you don't have the game. Can we do ten questions? (laughs) No, we'll do six. Six a night, because that's (laughs) twelve total. Can we do twenty? Um. And then. you get a point for each one, and then we're going to go to... Wait, is there you know, six for now, each or six s- total? Just, six each. Six each. That's why I said 12. 12 total. That's how okay. math yeah. works. 12 total. Um, and then uh, <laughs> we're going to go We're going to go to um, first to get... And we can adjust this as we go along. Okay, nothing written in stone. First to get 40 points is the, is the winner. Okay. Okay. So... so just because you win tonight doesn't mean you win the whole thing. Now, what does the winner get? Good question. I have not decided yet, but there will be a prize. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mm. some searching. And, I was hoping um, for a uh, six-inch Black Series Ahsoka figure, but I guess well, no, I'll have to write some you don't comments. Comment on the Facebook. So, 
Dave knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, anyway, check out our Facebook page. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, if you ha- I don't know if, Dave, you've played Trivial Pursuit at some point in your life, I imagine. At some point in my life, yeah. yeah. I just can't remember when the last time was. Right, so, um, And then, Brian, I'm sure you have. So the good thing is we're just going to ask questions. We're not going to move pieces. But there's categories, and here are your category choices. So before each question, you'll get to pick a category. So we have... The Cantina, which is scenes, aliens, and cameos. The Force, for every action there is a reaction. Heroes, villains, and scoundrels, all the main characters. The Saga, so that's movie plots. I feel like, I feel like we should write this down so we don't have to have you repeat them every time yeah. it's a question. Maybe I'll hold it up. Um, or send a text yeah. so we have it in a... In a yeah, well, I'll take a, I'll take a picture. Okay. Um, a galaxy far, far away, planets, cities buildings vehicles and then hyperspace Gosh, that's broad which is wild card um so i guess so it could be anything that could be any of those uh categories so let me do this a little behind the scenes again i'm gonna take a picture for you guys the lighting is not the best but <laughs> uh all right i am uh awaiting in the chat thread for the picture yes There we go. So, uh, you said, Brian, Dave can go first? Absolutely. All right. Dave, did you get that? uh... Just got it. All right. So, what category would you like your first question to be? You sent it in one of those weird live pictures where it moves moves if you touch it or something. I don't know what's, what's going on with those. Um. All right, so I just pick it. Now, do we have to pick – is there any rules, like, to what categories we – do we have to pick a different category every time or what? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. How many cards are each fair. category? I don't, think you could, I don't think you can do the same category back-to-back. Let's, we'll just back make to that back. rule. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with something easy, man. I, I, I'm getting a little bit nervous about this. I have no preparation. <laughs> So let's go with heroes, villains, now, and Brian, scoundrels. Now, Brian, let me ask you this question okay. before you ask the question. Oh, if boy. Dave does oh, not gosh. answer, can I steal his question? Isn't that how it works? I thought that is. I thought that was yeah, how it works. Yeah, Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, so yes, you can steal for an added point. So you could end up getting... Wait a second, though. How do we know that nobody... We were not just Googling these things really quick. Uh, you have to hold your hands up in the air when you answer your question. <laughs> oh, my <gosh. laughs> You have 10 seconds to answer. All right, so here we go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you got... uh, 10 seconds? I'll say 30 seconds. Let me get my time. You got to keep your hands up behind your head like like interlaced. Yeah. And then, hopefully, like Siri, if you hear Siri in the podcast, you're automatically disqualified. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Question number one, heroes, villains, and scoundrels. So, Dave. Yeah. Which pilot, during the escape from Hoth, manages to trick one Star Destroyer into colliding with another? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dang it, you got to be kidding. I thought you said these were easy. Well, uh, doubt, I remember the guess. scene. I remember the scene. The escape from Hoth? Yep. I think we do a minute. Wait a second. 
Which pilot, during the escape from Hoth, manages to trick one Star Destroyer into colliding with another? Oh, it's Harrison Ford. Or it's a Han Solo. Is that your answer? Yes. You are correct. It is Han I'm thinking... Solo. I was thinking... Uh, what is that one scene... I was thinking a different movie. Sorry. I was thinking, I think, Return of the Jedi or something. Oh, okay. Well, Hoth was... Some uh, type of... Empire. It nice was show. It was easy. It was too simple. Yes. To, it made me think it was something different. I would not have given you points for Harrison Ford, though. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I had to clarify. Uh, all right. Uh, B-Nob, what category would you like? I'm going to go with... Oh, scared me. Um, the Cantina. The cantina, scenes, See, aliens, me. camos, etc., etc. Now, do you guys want me to read from the same card or new card? Same card is fine. Oh. Okay, here we go. Wait, wait. Uh, in normal Trivial Pursuit, aren't there, like, different kinds of cards for different difficulties? Like, colors or something? Or is this not the same? Am I thinking of a different game? I don't know. Or is it all just the same random stuff? Basically, like, are I'm there just reading cards the questions from the card, from the categories you guys pick. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's separated that way on this. I think you have to. I think you I have to wondering. answer a certain number of that category to get those little triangular pieces. Yeah, to, fill to get it in. the uh, triangles. Was, yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, the cantina scenes, aliens, cameos, etc. B knob. Which creature? Sorry. Which creatures appear in a large herd along the route taken by Jabba the Hutt's sail barge? A banta? Is that your answer? Uh, yes, that's my answer. Correct. I don't think you pronounced it right, but Bantha's correct. Bantha's. We are tied. All right. I was going to, if you would have guessed something else, that's what I would have guessed, but I wasn't 100% sure, so I'm glad to know that I still would have got one. We are tied. Okay, so Be not, or, how uh, about Dave? Um, hmm. uh, I mean, let's, I mean, this is the beginning, the beginning stages, so I'll keep it, I'll keep it simple again. Let's go with the saga. The saga. Movie plots. Here we go. The saga. I think Who right. is the first Rebel Snowspeeder crewman seen killed <laughs> during the, during the Battle of Hoth? Uh, you're not gonna. Oh! Who is the first Rebel Snowspeeder crewman seen killed during the Battle of Hoth? The first Snowspeeder crewman. Yeah. It says crewman. Yeah. But I mean, in a snowspeeder, you'd be, you'd be a, well, I guess you have a pilot or you have the guy in the back. Yeah. Gosh, dang it. Uh, ah, man, I always get confused when when Luke talks about these different guys. And I, I, I could be completely wrong, but it, the scene that I'm picturing in my head is one of them going down and Luke kind of looking over the shoulder and, like, getting a little bit distraught. I think it was the guy with Luke. Whoa, no hints. Well, you can't give hints. Well, your minute's up. Do you have <laughs> Is that an what you're trying to do? Do you have an answer? 
my gosh. Um, I mean, if I'm good, if I'm gonna, if I don't know, I might. I guess I might as well guess. Uh, and I don't know if I'm gonna get the whole name. Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, is it Biggs? You are wrong. Incorrect. Be not. Didn't ask if that was my final answer. For the steal. It's not my final answer. <laughs> go ahead. Um, go ahead. I can hear him yelling his name in my, but I can't pronounce it uh, in my own. Got mind. ten seconds. Uh, I'm gonna steal. guess. I'm gonna guess Jax. Ooh, so close. Oh. Dak. Dak. It was oh, Dak. I knew it sounded like Zach or so, Jack no or something. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay. Man, I, when, I saw, when I thought plot, I didn't think that seems like heroes, villains, and scoundrels. <laughs> well, I think I it's just things characters. that happen in the movie. Yeah, I guess so. All right, here, right. Anything. All right, I can pull ahead here. Shoot. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, heroes, villains, and scoundrels. Okay. All the main characters. Oh, we need a new card for that one. Who assures Darth Vader that the Rebel shield on Hoth will be down in moments? Goodness. <laughs> yeah, Some of these are intense. <laughs> Brian, would you know these without seeing the answers? Uh, no, I wouldn't know this one. <laughs> Who assures Darth Vader that the Rebel Shield on Hoth will be down in moments? One of the admirals. I don't remember his name. <gasps> I think I know. <laughs> Admiral Akbar. <laughs> well, he wasn't with Vader, so uh, that is incorrect. So is it? Is it my turn? Yeah, you want to steal? Is it Admiral Nita? <laughs> no. Ah! It is General Veers. General Veers. Vader kills Admiral oh, Nita. Kills oh, kills something. I remember it. But I can't remember. I remember that name, and I'll tell you why. You remember Nita or you remember <laughs> Veers remember or whatever? Veers. There's a, uh, back when Attack of the Clones came out, Triant the Comic Dog goes there to the premiere and he meets up with a guy who like quotes like half of Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> and he and he says oh like gosh. all the admirals by names. So what's a general? So. Vader said something like he as he choked him out. He says something like your services are no longer I or thank you for your something. Admiral Nita, and he falls <laughs> down dead. Isn't I think that's Empire Strikes Back, but obviously not that part. So all right, Dave, your turn. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Let's try uh, the Force. Let's go with the Force. The force. Here we go. <laughs> question three, right? Huh? This is question three? Uh, this is four. Is it four? I think it's okay. four. Yeah, I guess it is. Which Dark Lord, according to Chancellor Palpatine, discovered how to keep the ones he cared about Oh, from dying? come on. That would be that would be Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yes, you are correct. Every once in a while, there's a gimme in here. It's like yeah. Chad's favorite character that we've never seen before. <laughs> All right, Dave has pulled ahead. Well, that's only because I'm answering right. first. Like I would, like I get last yeah. licks. Oh wait, yeah. no, you guys each get six questions, right? Right. Yeah. 
I, lo- I we both missed our last one. All right, I'm gonna go with the I saga. Feel like I feel like I've miscounted here. Somewhere. No, we're on question three, right now. All it's right. question three. It's you two keep, to one. No. It's two to one, Dave. Was it three? Okay, it was question three. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. This you're doing the saga. Right. Okay, here we go. As Anakin races off to Mustafar, who moans? I feel so helpless. C-3PO. That is correct. All right, let's go with uh, let's go with a galaxy far, far away. Planet, cities, buildings, vehicles, etc. Here we go. Which vehicles do the rebels have trouble adapting to the frigid nights on Hoth? Which vehicles? Which vehicles do the well, rebels yeah, I, have I'm trouble sorry. adapting to the frigid nights on Hoth? I'm trying to think of the different vehicles. It doesn't make snow speeders doesn't make sense because they're snow speeders. Snow speeders. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I'm trying to think of the other vehicles. Okay, they wouldn't consider the the uh, uh, what do you call them to be vehicles or animals. Twenty seconds. Crap. <laughs> uh. Dang, I can't even think of another vehicle that they used. I need an answer. Crud. Oh, um, what about the uh, X-wing? Incorrect. Speedab, <laughs> do you have a steal? Do you know what? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here, and I'm going to say the snow spear. It is the snow spear. <laughs> oh, my gosh! <laughs> Remember when, the when they were looking for Luke, and they, he tells Han Solo, like, we're you know we're having trouble getting the snow speeders <coughs> adapted. To the... That's why they couldn't yeah, go at night. That's just so weird. Right, because why wouldn't they use them at night? Because yeah. they used them in the morning. That's what my thought process was. <laughs> All right, so B-Nod, I got stinks. you for three so far. Dave, I got you for two. Yeah. you guys? Okay. I don't know what question we're this on. This is question four. I haven't been keeping track. That was... Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, B-Nod. I'm going to go with hyperspace. Wild card. Okay, here we go. Dang it. Dang what it. uneasy pilot declares flying is for droids? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Correct. I didn't even need to look at that one. Yep. Um, let's go with the force again. <laughs> force. Oh, wait. Can I? Yeah. Wait, is that what no, I said last time? can't go back to back. Uh, I can't do that one. No, no, no. He did vehicles yep. last time. Oh, yeah. I did Galaxy Far Right. Okay, let's do the force again. Okay. This is four? This is five for you, Dave. Is this still? All right, this is question this is five. five for me. Who is the first to let a lightsaber slip from his grip in Attack of the Clones? The first to let a lightsaber slip from his grip in Attack of the Clones. Correct. Um, the first to let a lightsaber slip, slip from his grip. From his grip. 
Attack of the Clones. Uh, I'm going to say Anakin Skywalker. You are correct. This Was it when yeah. the car chase scene? This weapon is your life. Okay. Yeah. All right, good job. At buddy. first, I'm like, yeah, I, I started getting way ahead of myself and thinking of, like, the battle on uh, Geonosis, and I'm like, wait a second. No. I remember Obi-Wan catching it. All right. So it's, be it's four to three. Fifth question, though, correct? Correct. I'm going to go with the Force as well. You got to pick a category. I'm going to pick the Force. I'm sure I'm sure you're saying something, but it's kind of frozen right now. Oh, the Force. Binob is sacrificing his <laughs> the question. Force. <laughs> the Force. The Force. Okay. <laughs> We're losing him. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're going to be here to answer the question. <laughs> He's coming back. He's coming back. Who urges Darth Vader to let go of his hate? Luke Skywalker. Huh? You are correct. When was this? Return of the oh. Jedi. Like, oh, I thought you hate. said, I thought you said, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I, you, I didn't I'd think you said name. that for some. For some reason, I was thinking Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. and I'm like Luke Skywalker. All right. So are we on uh, question I six now. Question Obi-Wan. six. Five to three. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Remember. We're going first to 40, so just because you let's lose tonight, go, you're not out. Let's go. Let's go back to the saga. I, I messed up on the saga last time. The saga. Here we go. Who calls for R2-D2 to help unlock the doors of the Endor bunker? Okay, the indoor bunker. Trying to think of the first time. We've got Han, we've got Leia, we've got... Okay, C-3 goes... R2-D2 gets shot, he goes back off the thing. Okay, when the door's shut, it's because Han was trying to hotwire it and messed it up. Um, I'm gonna go with, uh, with, uh, Archie, we need you right away, Princess Leia. You are correct. Well yes. done. I didn't think you'd get that one. I remember I all of a sudden heard her voice as I played it back through my head. All right, that was question six. Uh, Beanob, this is your question six. What category? I'm gonna go with heroes, villains, and scoundrels. Okay, here we go. Who reveals I found a way to save you from my nightmares? <laughs> Repeat that question. <laughs> Who reveals I found a way to save you from my nightmares? Anakin Skywalker. I think he's frozen. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yes, you got it correct. Anakin 
Skywalker. He gets a gimme. He got his Darth Plagueis <laughs> one. That's fair. Alright, so um, we have the score. That stinking snowspeeder one, man. Come he on. Even said it. I, that's not a snowspeeder. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I didn't... Yeah, I was just thinking... Why would a snowspeeder have trouble acclimating to this to this cold? A snowspeeder. So what what do you have it scored as? I I might as a, <laughs> I have to do this. Well, you asked us six thing. questions, right? So I it would be five six to five. To five. No, because I stole one of his. But you asked us six questions. <laughs> that's that's only ten. Well, well, it's possible you guys don't get any points. I got it's six to four right now. Six to four. Six to four? I'll go no, back. it would be six to five, right? I have you for five, Dave. Yeah, I only missed one question, and B-Nub got it. Wait a second. Wouldn't that make it seven to five, no, then? No, because there's one I missed uh, one. where... Yeah. Oh, that's right. You did but miss one. But, Chad, that means that you missed two, then, because you got... We yeah, both Chad. got... I mean, Dave, we both got... We, bo- right. we both got number two wrong, and then I stole one of yours. Does that mean we both got, yeah, number, we both two got wrong? number two wrong? Yeah. Oh, the He's bigs. Correct. You the missed Dak. two, Dave. So you were okay. And yeah, you you're right. Snow speeder and and so Dak. six to four. I'll go back and listen and re-verify. I apologize for the poor scorekeeping. It's the first time we've done this. Uh, tune in next week to see. So uh, B knob leads by two points. First to forty wins. So place your bets. Let us know who <laughs> you think. We'll win. It's very close. So nice job. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap this thing up. Thanks for joining us. Um, don't forget, we got the contest going on for that Ahsoka Black Series 6-inch figurine. Um, go to our Facebook page. Tell us who your favorite Star Wars character is underneath our post of that question. And then um, you can find that at Star Wars Rant on Facebook. Be sure to listen to South Dakota Gamer and Chad and Dave and all their PUBG greatness that they got going on there. And then be sure to be back next episode in two weeks. Good. That's all I got. Good, Brian. (laughs) Move along. Move along. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Rant Podcast. Follow them on Facebook at Star Wars Rant Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Don't get too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.